What's going on, guys? Back with the Fade Podcast here. It's Ethan McLeod here with my fellow colleagues, Cam Britt, Luke Edzema, and Stephen Laurie. Uh, first off, obviously the biggest news this year in sports, really, a tragedy that happened this week, uh, DeMar Hamlin. Uh, we're going to start off with saying prayers to him. Uh, he's doing better which is awesome news, but it's just, it's one of the most tragic things that we've seen on a football field. Yeah, obviously prayers to DeMar Hamlin. It's great that he's woke up out of the the state that he was in. First and foremost with it, where, where does the NFL go from here? Uh, There's the cancellation fully of the Bills and Bengals game. Do we see a whole change in in uniform, like with the shoulder pads? Do we see different approaches to making tackles or lowering your head? Again, prayers not just to DeMar, but to prayers to T. Higgins, knowing that all the backlash and scrutiny he's getting by by just playing the game of football, you know, that's a sad thing that he has to sit there possibly his whole life and deal with. My thing is, is Skip Bayless, it, it was a horrible take by you. And if you ever do come across this, that was just some of the most disrespectful stuff at the time that people are sitting there in their sadness. And you're going to go and say that that game shouldn't have been canceled when NFL players, those are grown men, but they also have their humans at the end of the day. And that might have been some of the hardest thing that they've ever had a witness in their life. Uh, just going off of what Luke said, I mean, yeah, that was uh, that was tough to watch. Uh, prayers to him, his family, T. Higgins, all those guys on the on the Bills, and all the guys on the Bengals, all players really. That's just uh, it's tough to walk out on the field again to to play after you watch those hits a hundred times a day, even on film stuff like that. It, it's scary stuff, but. Prayers to him. Prayers to those guys. I agree with both these men. Um, again, prayers to Demar Hamlin. Um, he's 24 years old, man. He's from Pennsylvania. He that just shouldn't happen, dude. Honestly, and how you guys said about the shoulder pads and stuff like that, I think that they should maybe put like some sort of heart thing on the side in case of that sort of hit. Maybe, like, they can put some sort of, like, protector for the heart um, that, like, doesn't weigh that much or something like that. I've seen this article this morning that this expert said something about that. And, um, yeah, with the players, dude, how you said about Skip Bayless, like, not everybody's like that, man. Like, Joe Burrow and Josh Allen were on the field crying. Like, that's not something you see every day like that. Um, Stefan Diggs was crying. Um they're all praying on the field on their knees. This guy's getting CPR on the field. He's 24 years old. They've resuscitated him twice. Like, you don't see that. It's probably the scariest injury in NFL history. And again, just prayers to him, man. I hope he's all right. Yeah, I think that was honestly like the most shocking part of it was just seeing the emotion on the players' faces. Like, you don't, you don't see NFL players crying like that and praying and sobbing and lying on the field like that. Like that was 
so scary. And like you, you can't just go out and play after that happens. After that happens to one of your brothers, you can't. And honestly, if I was an NFL player, I'd be thinking about that now, every game I play in. You know, so it, it it's definitely tough for these guys out there, like after witnessing that. Yeah, just going off of again what Ethan and uh, you guys all said. That's a brotherhood. When you, if you ever been in an organized sport, you know that when you're out on that field with your, with your teammates, they're not just your teammates. You are sitting there, seeing them more than as a professional sport. You're seeing those players more than you're seeing your own family, mother, father, children, and that's someone like Demar Hamlin. That's someone's son out on that field, you know. So. Like his mother was in the stands and just jumped right out for Skip Bayless to go and make those remarks in that tweet. And then not to when Shannon Sharp then skipped undisputed to have to see just Skip Bayless have showing no remorse for what he even said. It's just it's just selfish. It's selfish. And as a fan of the sport and again worldwide there's fans all over i can understand truly why that game did not happen now is there going to be a little bit of controversy with it being canceled because there's they haven't played that game and i i we were reading before about seeing um just a win percentage in the afc championship who has a better win percentage and if it comes down to two teams that do have the same win percentage, the game will be played at a neutral field. What's your guys' take on that? See, I think I think what they should do is just hand both the teams a tie. Because you, you, you can't say either one of them forfeit, obviously. And I think they the, for the playoffs to go on, I think it has to be fair. So I think the only way to do that is for both of them to get a tie because you can't give one team a loss, one team a win. And you also can't have two of those teams playing only 16 games. So I feel like that's really the only way they can do it without playing the game. I agree with Ethan, man. Um, If you're not going to play the game, dude, at least give it a tie. Like we said before, dude, this never happened before. They gave this kid CPR on the field. Like, nobody knew that was going to happen. You know what I mean? And that's a very serious game. Both teams are in the AFC. It's a very serious game at the end of the year. Um, I just think the best solution is if they're not going to play it, just give it a time. No, I I don't know. If if they do play it, I mentioned this before we started. So if they're going to end up playing it, if they do, which they're not going to now, but... I would say give every team in the NFL another bye week. That way they're able to have the same amount of games, I guess that would be, if that makes sense, right? They just push the playoffs back another week. But obviously the game's not being played, so it's going to have to end up in a tie. I don't think having eight teams in the playoffs for the AFC is going to be beneficial to anybody, really. Because, I mean, these these teams obviously fought all season for it. I mean, it's kind of it widens the pot more, you know what I mean? I agree with what Cam said and Ethan as well, too. There should be a tie. And, and again, yes, you fight all season to go and get 
that seven seed, you know, and again, and I know players, I wouldn't say they're necessarily worried about this, but at the same time, there was two top five MVP candidates playing in that game with Joe Burrow and Josh Allen to where stats do matter in this league. But I don't think, obviously, again, I'm not saying that players are more focused on the stats and their mental health after the game. But at the same time, it would be, again, beneficial for both teams to eventually play that game with also shared there's no love lost between, you know, if, if anything, those teams now both can connect on a certain level when anytime they step on the field together in a, in a game, which they, we might see a Bengals bills postseason game. Eventually, if this doesn't get, um, if this gets postponed or just canceled and full going off of that, we'll jump into our next topic, the 49ers and Brock Purdy, one of the hottest teams right now in the NFC. Uh, they're the second seed. I now as an Eagles fan, that's one team that I'm scared of. They just have that swagger that you can go and as a whole give Mr. Irrelevant that confidence. And again, I said this before, there there's gonna be controversy now coming in next season with Trey Lance, maybe not being as healthy because of uh the injury, the season ending injury. Brock Purdy and his starts and his five starts is has 10 touchdowns to four picks uh, over a little under 1200 yards passing uh, over a hundred rating. You have all the weapons that you need in San Francisco. That team is legit as, as they come. I agree, man. I think uh, at this point, he's definitely proven himself. I mean, he looks like a veteran. He acts like a veteran. You know what I mean? He's been playing great. His rating speaks for itself. It's a one-on-one. He throws the ball a lot. Um, I think he's part of the reason why Lane was open for Christian McCaffrey, too. There. Um, I just think, man, he played quickly. He just looks better than out there. Man. Look like somebody that would get drafted with the last pick in the draft. You know what I mean? Like, he just – he's playing great for a young kid. Yeah, man. I agree with both of you. That forty nine, that forty nine ers team, that's a quarterback stream team. I mean, they they have every everything going for them. Every part, every part of their offense is top three in the league. I mean, with Debo Samuel healthy, their wide receiving core is good. They have George Kittle, who's also one of the best tight ends in the league, blocking and receiving. Their line, defensive and offensive, is great. So I mean. Obviously, a quarterback should go in there and succeed and win games, but he he's putting up 30, 30 some points a game. I mean, he he's playing great for a rookie, no matter what what team he's on. So yeah, the the Forty ers should definitely be up there in Super Bowl favorites. I would say as an Eagles fan. And this isn't the first time that we've seen a guy with um, maybe a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. For example, Tom Brady. Not saying Purdy's anywhere near Tom Brady's level. It took Tom Brady's, but Tom Brady sat behind Drew Bledsoe until he was waiting for his opportunity to start. But again, when you have that 
that you're a low pick in the draft, no one believes in you, and you come in and and now you're to talk around town. You're to talk around the league. There's that there's that just that chip on the shoulder, Mr. Irrelevant. You're not even supposed to make a roster. And at that point, coming into San Fran's organization, you're also going up against Jimmy Garoppolo, Trey Lance, who's a top a top pick in the, in his draft class. And yeah, you had no opportunity to start up until these injuries happened, but now he went there and grabbed it right by the balls and and look at him. That's that's something that he gained respect around the league, gained respect from his teammates. You see him now, he's going courtside with Kittle, Debo, etc. You know, now we're seeing a guy who the veterans brought under their wing and they're going to go and gas him up and it's the Purdy show. They're going to ride him into the postseason, and who knows what happens. Postseason is postseason. Postseason football is some of the most intense football that you can see, and all those teams in the postseason deserve to be there. They're legit. We're going to go and see if Brock Purdy has has it made in the, in the postseason. I do think that they're, they're the scariest team in the NFC coming into this postseason. I mean – the Eagles were that team up until the past two weeks, but obviously Jalen Hurts being out, being out didn't really help their their case in this. Uh, but if the Niners and the Eagles play, that's going to be a really, really high-scoring game, especially if the, the Eagles' defense doesn't look as solid as it has been. I mean, obviously we have the sacks, but our secondary has looked like a disaster. So it's a pretty even match, I would say, especially if Jalen Hurts is healthy. I just do think he's better than Brock Purdy, though. But well, we'll see what happens. I don't know who they have first round, but I think that that's going to be a blowout. If they're sitting I in the second seed, they would have the set. If they're in the second seed, they would have the seventh seed, which is going to be Green Bay, or if Seattle pulls it out. But Detroit has a chance to get in if Seattle loses to the Jets. Or, or not, no, not to the Jets. Um, whoever Seattle plays this week, I think, I think, but or no, it's not the, the Jets. Yeah, the Rams. If Seattle, if Seattle ends up pulling this game out, then they, then they, it's over for Detroit. But the Packers, if they tie with Seattle, then they get in. And I don't think this is a knock on Trey Lance either, man, because he's just unproven you know what I mean he's virtually unknown he's only played four games worth of snaps in two seasons so you can't really go off of what he's done Brock Purdy is the last pick in the draft um Trey Lance went second overall he hasn't really done much so obviously Purdy's working out better you know what I mean but they'll compete for it in the offseason and I guess we'll see what happens but right now like Luke said man I th- I think it's the Purdy show I think they ride with him and I definitely think that the 49ers are the biggest threat to the Eagles in the postseason for sure going off of what Cam said too is uh, how this is the scariest team in um the NFC they have two of the most outstanding linebackers in football and it, it it kind of reminds me of that Navarro Bowman Patrick Willis duo, which is it is it Greenlaw right, Dre Greenlaw, that he got snubbed out of that out of a Pro Bowl. It should have been both the 49ers linebackers in the Pro Bowl. They are some of the most scariest d- 
duo at linebacker in the league besides maybe Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen. Again, until someone that you don't want to see coming off that line is Nick Bosa, an absolute stud. One of the, if not one of the, if not best edge rushers in the National Football League, and he's only going to improve. That's someone you don't want to see. If say Lane Johnson isn't fully healthy, and Nick and Nick Bosa is coming off that edge, let alone Lane Johnson hasn't given a sack up since I believe 2020. But if he's not healthy, if he's not at his best and Nick Bosa is, you can expect Nick Bosa to win that battle more than half the time. Oh, absolutely. Nick Bosa is – he's an animal. He's a dog. But uh, building off of what you said earlier about the playoff race, uh, the 49ers, they have a good shot of making – being the first over, first seed in in the NFC. If the Eagles lose and they beat the Cardinals, which is pretty much a given at this point, uh, they'll be the first seed. And not many people saw that coming eight weeks ago when they were four and four. But uh, I guess next we'll talk about the Packers and how they overcame their slow uh, start to the season. Uh, Lori, you want to give your input on what you think about the Packers? Yeah, man. I think Aaron Rodgers is a dog. He's one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. I think he has the best arm to ever do it. I've said that since I was probably 12 years old. I've always loved him. Um, Defense is really stepping up. What's the rookie's name? Christian Watson or something like that. I think his name is. He's, I think, hurt, but he was playing really good. Um, Yeah, man, I think if, if Green Bay plays Dallas, in the playoffs, I think Green Bay's beating them, honestly, because Aaron Rodgers beats Green Bay. I mean, Aaron Rodgers beats Dallas pretty much every time, and I think he'll do it again this time, unless Philly runs through him or the 49ers. But who knows? Going yeah. off of – oh, go ahead, Ethan. I was going to say, we already saw Green Bay knock off the Cowboys earlier this year, and that was after Green Bay, they were down in the dumps. They lost five straight at that point. Everyone was counting them off. I'm pretty sure they were like 10 point dogs against at home against the Cowboys. So yeah, we could we could definitely see the Packers being the Cowboys. So I wouldn't. Well, I, for the Cowboys, I wouldn't be happy seeing any veteran quarterback, whether it's Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, in the playoffs. Don't it don't matter what team they have. It it just it won't look good for them. Going off of that, with Aaron Rodgers and a slow start to the season, it didn't look good. All hope was lost in in um, Green Bay. You saw when Jordan Love came in against Philly. At that point, like, well, Rodgers got hurt. But at that point, th- th- there was no hope for a playoff run. They were completely out of it. When they started showing the projections in the beginning of the season even, or like halfway through, they weren't even in the hunt. You know, they were going to be counted. They were one of the first teams counted out. A lot of draw, a lot of dropped balls in the beginning of the year. I felt like Rodgers was upset about losing Devontae. You know, it wasn't necessarily his fault. They just couldn't come to a contract agreement, and Adams wanted more money as well, and it just wasn't going to work out. 
But with Aaron Rodgers, anything is possible. He's a proven veteran. Again, going off of what Steven said, one of the, if not best quarterbacks to ever play in this in history of the National Football League. You have Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, a great one-two punch. Their defense now, like I talked about this in a, a, a pod recently, that they're one of my favorite defensive backs in like their defensive back room. I love Jair Alexander. I love Darnell Savage. Eric Stokes is one of my favorite number two corners in the league. Amos, he's, he's a beast. You know, we shouldn't really go count him out. They have Campbell, who's a stud linebacker. You know, that, that team is just, is well-rounded and, Coming in, seeing what Jair did too, it, it wasn't just Rodgers who was counted out in the beginning. Jair was getting just scrutinized time after time, and now it's like he's stepping up against Waddle. He stepped up. He hit He hit the Waddle at the end after they beat Miami. He just locked down the best. Uh, in my opinion, Justin Jefferson is the best receiver in the league and just held him to one catch for 15 yards. And the catch that he got was, I believe it was his own coverage play anyways. So we're seeing the Packers as a whole step up, and that's a scary team to come in and see at the seventh seed because they have a chip on their shoulder. Now, I'm going to be an adverse opinion here. I just don't think in the future, obviously this year, they Aaron Rodgers is an Aaron Rodgers guy. So, I mean, like, Obviously, he's going to be in the playoffs. I think so. But after this year, those guys that you mentioned, they're all going to ask for big contracts. And I do think it is part of Aaron Rodgers' fault because he ate a ton of their their cap, like for the salaries that they could pay other guys. And you see Brady go out and he takes a salary cut. So I do think it's it's his own fault for not getting the players around him. Plus, they don't really have an owner. That's a fan-owned team. So it, they don't have any security up top there either. So... I don't know. We'll have to see what happens next year. But obviously, if they're in the playoffs this year, are they? Is it the team or is it Aaron Rodgers? That's my question. I think going off that, Aaron Rodgers has stated in in post or post conference interviews that I that he felt the coaching staff wanted him to up his leadership in a way. So I can see that. And going off of his contract, yes, I believe, too, that that there's a reason Tom Brady's successfully always winning besides this year, even though he's in the postseason. When you are, though, up there in age in your late 30s and you're able to win back-to-back MVPs, I think you're going and proving why you're worth the money. And and also knowing you're on your last your last leg of your career, you, you you want to take that money, but at the same time, everyone, but at the same time, everyone is like, look at Mahomes' contract, Lamar. He's, he's being a little greedy with when it comes to Baltimore, when no, when all other 31 teams passed on him and the Ravens traded up in the draft to get him. you know, like you, you you're not showing loyalty to your team, but, the same time i know with injuries and stuff you want to be secured mahomes man is a young quarterback possibly i mean he is the best quarterback in the league um i think man with kansas city you have to pay that guy that money dude 
he's out there winning the Super Bowls, MVPs, going back to the Super Bowl, going to the postseason every year. People said he wouldn't do it with Tyreek. Dude, be the same with Tyreek Hill. He's doing it, dude. He's the he's the front runner for the MVP. He's playing phenomenal this season. I think with the with the quarterback that's playing at that caliber, that young, you have to pay him that money. Like with the Bengals and Joe Burrow, they're gonna pay him, dude. They're gonna pay Joe Burrow a ton of money, and they should. Honestly, he's great. I think Joe Burrow's a top three quarterback in the league. I would take him over Josh Allen. Honestly, some most people might not, but I really would, dude. I like Joe Burrow a lot. He plays great. Um, I said yesterday about how on the Philly podcast about how I thought dual wheeled quarterbacks of the future. Joe Burrow's not really that mobile, man. He's just an elite pocket passer. He's dominant in that pocket. You know what I mean? He makes great decisions. And I think if you're not going to run the ball and do the things that like Jalen Hurts and Lamar do. Lamar can't, I don't think really Lamar can throw and Justin Fields can throw like Jalen Hurts can. But I also don't think that Joe Burrow can run like Jalen Hurts can or Lamar can or Justin Fields can. Uh, but I do, I would take Justin Fields over those three quarter. I mean, not Justin Fields, I'm sorry. I would take Joe Burrow over Jalen Hurts, Justin Fields, and Lamar Jackson for sure. The only quarterback that I probably wouldn't take is. Patrick Mahomes, or that I would take over Joe Burrow is Patrick Mahomes, honest to God, because the guys that are playing at that caliber, that young, like I said, you need to pay them guys. You have to wrap them up for the majority of their career and have them on your team to bring Super Bowls. Yesterday, how in um, the Philadelphia podcast, how you we were talking about that this league is now developing to a hey, mobile quarterbacks are are the future of this league are the ones that you want going off of what Steven said about Joe Burrow. There's only a few, a few pocket passers in this league now that are dominant and Joe Burrow is proven that, which is surprising because you don't really see that necessarily in the NFL. You see that, that um, pocket passers are basically a thing of the past, but then you're seeing it with like Joe Burrow, Herbert sort of mobile, but, He's more of just a pocket passer as well. You're seeing those guys come up and, and are, are taking their game to another level to where we said yesterday that there's a that um, being a mobile quarterback is where you want you want one of those on your team. I think uh, we'll talk about another guy who probably should be a pocket quarterback, uh, Tua he's even ever going to be a quarterback. Um, this guy, he's he's gone through a lot this year. And, you know, the injuries that he's he's sustained, I don't know if, for his health, if he should ever play football again. I mean, you hear, you hear people saying uh, he should, you know, take a break. He should, you know, sit for the rest of the season or whatever. But once you take two to three massive hits to the head like that, it develops trauma. And that's what you see a lot in football players now, like retired football players. You see them, you see them, uh, you know, developing mental issues uh, after you see them dying young. Like, for example, Demarius Thomas and they have CTE. And it's, it's a big issue in the NFL right now. And 
Yeah, I don't know if it'd be smart for Tua to play again. What do you guys think? My hope is that they change the concussion protocol for next year. I mean, obviously, they made developments the past couple years, but the way that the Dolphins medical staff has handled it, I mean, that was pathetic. Putting him back in the one game, like not giving him the correct uh, diagnosis, like that's – that's ridiculous, man. They're, these guys are going out there bashing heads, you know, doing all that stuff. You got to make sure that the injury is, like, known to the player. So I hope they could, not just for quarterbacks either, like, I hope they could make some changes that all players are protected in their upper body. I know a lot of the, the Tom Brady rule when he tore his ACL, how they protect the quarterback's lower half. There's not that many, like, rules that say you can't hit up top besides the targeting, and that's hardly even called. So I'm hoping that they could throw a penalty in or a fine, but they got to do something about it. I'm surprised nobody mentioned um, what saying players take both uh, blows to the head and everything like that. Luke Keekley, man. I mean, Tua was a quarterback, but Luke Keekley, dude, in my opinion – would have been one of the greatest linebackers to ever play that game. Honestly, man, like he was, he was so good. It was ridiculous. Like, and he retired because he took so many blows to the head. Like it stops careers, man. Like Ethan said, Demarius Thomas is dead. He had CTE. We don't know what's going to happen in the future. Like with this Hamlin hit and stuff like that, what are they going to do with these, the, protection in the NFL like are they gonna do what something with the chest pads are they gonna do something with the helmets like it's just it's crazy man like Cameron said too they're they're risking their lives out here every day um playing this game like um I just think it's crazy I really do I think it's it should be a known thing like Ethan said you they didn't give him two of the right diagnosis that's crazy to me they should have the best doctors out there with these guys do their NFL players like, that just blows my mind. A doctor down the street and smoking will give you the right diagnosis, dude, let alone you expect an NFL doctor not to give you the right diagnosis. Are you kidding me? That's just crazy. Going off of what Stephen, Cam, and Ethan said is about just the Dolphin staff. You know how he how they found out he had a concussion this time? Is they were sitting there, him and Mike McDaniels, and they were going over film. And he didn't remember some of the plays. So then they had him go and get tested, and they found out that he had a concussion. So it takes for them to go over film, him not remember certain plays for that to happen. And what Steven said, yeah, Luke Keekley, that's a, a storied career, storybook career when he did play. But for like a linebacker in a way, that is is – to where he, he took the smart approach, actually, and went and retired early. Same with, like, Andrew Luck, for example. Too many concussions is going to lead players into they, – they know that the game's not worth it. They're long run. They have families. And to see, like, again, Demarius Thomas, guys like Vincent Jackson, who – I think it was Steve McNair, right, a few years ago, or, or Eddie George. I think it was McNair. That these guys, when they get they get CT concussion and CTE, like Aaron Hernandez, maybe he was doing a little 
puffing on something, but to ruin his brain. But at the same time, these guys, they, they checked his brain. He had the brain of a four-year-old. It was that bad. You know, like you take so many blows to the head and, and you have a family, you'll go and understand that the game's not really that important. So I, I believe too, like going off of what Ethan said before, um, Tua has sustained multiple hard concussions to where, where do you go and look at your, your, your career and your life? You, yeah, you may have one of the best teams in a, in the national football league, which they built for you. They gave you the opportunity, but at the same time, it's not worth it. And, I know he did say he's feeling really good ahead of this week 18 matchup. He's not playing in it, but at the same time, I thought they, that there should be no question that he's even playing at any, at any point this season, but they need to play a win to get into the playoffs and a, a loss by the Pats. So we'll see what happens with them. Yeah. I forget what commentator it was, but I remember someone saying, um, uh, what was it? It was something like these players, these NFL players are, what was it? It was like these NFL players don't consider themselves like the NFL as being their whole life. It was, it was something like that. But pretty much just like the NFL, yeah, you played in the NFL, but that's not all who you are. That's just part of your story. And if you want to have a better story, you have to do what's best for you. You know, some some guys, obviously they they're not they're not banging their heads around as much. They're not getting concussed and all that. But some guys, once you get sustained couple injuries, you know, you got to think at what's best for you. And these these players are well off. The money doesn't matter. At that point, it's it's about health. And, yeah, it sucks that you can't play anymore. But at least you're alive. But, no, going off of that is is they've already made millions of dollars. You know what I mean? So that's why maybe it's different now why you see a lot of early retirements. But before, they weren't making this, uh, this absurd amount of money. But – now I, I I'm able to see past it to where they're they're multimillionaires, you know, and they don't have to play for the money anymore. So like you're able to go if you look at America right now, you're able to go and live anywhere comfortably if you made a couple million in your life. So going off of what Ethan said, you know, I think that they'd much rather be alive and healthy. And and you got to think these are divisional one. At, most of them are Division One athletes that came from top schools. You d- you think that eventually they're gonna maybe want to use their degree in some in some sorts, right? Going off of that, um, we'll hit we'll hit it with the two minute warning. I want to start with Cam's hot take of the week. All right, so my hot take this week is that the Steelers make the playoffs. Uh, I really think that they made they had a turnaround, especially with a. Going into the late part of the season and having the record that they did, I think there's something going on in Pittsburgh, man. The air is different there. They're they're eating better at something. I don't know what it is, but 
I think they have a solid chance to get into that seven, seven seed or eight seed, depending on what they do. Very good point with that. Yeah, there's a big turnaround. You know, they're saying, is this going to be Tomlin's first losing season? And now I, I guess we, we might not see that yet. You know, they, they might end up nine and eight. They have a divisional rivalry game with Cleveland to get into that seventh or if they do somehow do the A seed. Um, both Miami and New England need to win. My, uh, New England's currently sitting in the seventh seed at A and eight. They, both of those teams need to win in order for Pittsburgh not to get in. But I can see, I can see this uh, loss happening to both of those teams, and and Pittsburgh certainly gets in with the new quarterback Kenny Pickett, who has a fire uh, underneath him. Yeah, I think the Steelers. I think they need both of the. I think they need the Patriots and the Dolphins both to lose to get in, right? Okay, and yeah. I, I could definitely see that happening. What the Patriots play the the Jets? Or no, the Patriots play the Bills and the Dolphins play the Jets. So the Bills they're they'll be playing for something next week. That's for damn sure. The Bills aren't gonna go out there and lose. Not not after what happened. And the Jets you know, you never know with the Jets. They have a great defense. They could they could win every game, especially against whoever whoever is starting for the Dolphins. But uh, yeah, I could definitely see the Steelers getting in. Kenny Pickett, he's been playing big time. He's been playing in in the clutch minutes, the fourth quarter. He's been playing like a veteran quarterback, honestly. And Najee Harris, he's really stepped up the past couple weeks. He looks he looks like a beast out there. So I, I think the Steelers, they got something going. They got something going. I think they got something going, but the question is, are they like a relevant team? You know what I mean? Is Ken Pickett done enough to prove? Like, you know what I mean? People say about his small hands. I personally like Kenny Pickett, but people say about his small hands and everything and how he might not be a good fit, like to be a starting NFL quarterback. But honestly, man, like Ethan said, I think he, I think he's pretty good, dude. Like he had that game-winning drive. Um, last week, I think it was, um, that was, that caught my eye, dude. That was pretty good. Not going to lie. I think George Pickens is a weapon. I think they should throw to him a little bit more. Najee, like Ethan said, he looks like a beast, dude. He has the build for it. He has the build to be a great running back in the league. And I think once they start building that lineup a little bit to help him out, he will be that guy in Pittsburgh. And I think that he will be that guy in Pittsburgh for a long time. And same thing with Kenny Pickett. I think if... Um, I think if they build that line up and have more time to do what he does, man, and um, eventually, maybe within the next three years, they will make the playoffs, two years maybe, um, and actually be a relevant team in this league because right now they do look – I think they do have something going, but I just don't think that they're really a relevant team. Like when you talk about the – best teams in the league you don't bring up Pittsburgh you know what I mean like you just don't they, I mean they, they have the winning record and whatever but they're I just don't really think they're relevant yeah I I agree with what what Steven said I don't think that Pittsburgh's a team that's going to really make noise come postseason time if they get in but at the same time I feel like yeah they they how they're playing they deserve that little postseason run um Steve I'd like to hear your hot take of the week uh, people were questioning Mike Evans 
having a, his ninth 1,000 yard season in a row, and he prevailed. Man, he got it. And um, I would like to hear what you guys do. You think he's a top 10 receiver in the NFL? Yeah, I would say I'd say he's right around 10. You know, this year hasn't been great for anyone on the box, really. But last week, what you saw him do, he went off last week. And that's what that's what we're used to seeing with Mike Evans. Uh, obviously, he's 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 been inconsistent throughout his career. But for the most part, he gets it done when it matters most. And he's a big target for Tom. Um, he, he's got he's got everything that a receiver needs to be great. He just has to be more consistent. Going off of that, there's very few receivers that can can put up a thousand yards in one season, let alone nine consecutive seasons. And we all know before Tom Brady came there, yeah, Mike Evans had gunslingers. Ryan Fitzpatrick, Jameis Winston. But at the same time, to put up nine consecutive 1,000-yard seasons, that's – I think that's second most consecutive seasons behind, if I'm not mistaken, Jerry Rice in history that he's had – I think Jerry Rice was at 11. So Mike Evans is up there. And, hey, I'm going to say it right now, here's my hot take off of that, but not my actual hot take. Mike Evans is one of the greatest res- consistent receivers of history being able to do that. I 100% agree with you guys. I mean, it helps having a, a good quarterback. Obviously, Brady. Uh, who else do they have? Uh, Fitz, uh, Fitzpatrick and James Winston, right? For a little bit there. So, I mean, he's had help. Don't get me wrong. But I do think he is one of the greatest uh, in the current generation of football. Okay, I would say, cons- like, over over the years, Mike Evans has been consistent in terms of producing throughout the whole season. I need to see him every week catch at least five passes. You know, some weeks he goes out there, he's targeted maybe three or four times, has one or two receptions. Like a, an elite receiver, that that shouldn't happen to. I'm not. I'm not saying that he's a, not a great receiver. I'm just saying I need to see that in order for me to consider him being an all-time great and putting him up there with Jerry Rice. Yeah, by by no means am I saying he's any Jenny, uh, Jerry Rice, but like like you said before, Ethan, uh, the whole Buccaneers as a whole this year hasn't really been good. This isn't a normal season by Tom Brady. Maybe we're seeing father time catch up a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I, I would say Mike Evans is definitely up there in in all time. Definitely generation, in this generation, he's one of the most elite receivers. Like, it's hard to hit a 1,000 every, every year, especially for nine. Um, Ethan, I'd love to hear your hot take of the week. Okay, buddy, you got it. Um, so since since the Cowboys signed T.Y. Hilton, we haven't heard any news about Odell Beckham. What's going on there? Is any team going to sign him for the playoffs? I think it's possible a, a team maybe that needs a needs a little help on offense. They might take a flyer on him for playoffs. Say, hey, this might be our spark plug we need to win games. 
What do you guys think? I think, man, if Odell's smart, he won't play this season. But I do think teams are going to try to offer him a contract and try to reel him in to make him play. Not make him play, but make him want that money for for the postseason and just come in for a couple weeks and play. You know what I mean? But I'm OBJ, dude. I'm just sitting out dude, for the summer, man, resting that leg up. Because he tore his ACL, man. You know what I mean? That's not an easy injury to recover from. If he wants to be the same like he was before, he needs to make sure that he's 100% ready. You don't want to go out there and knowing that you're only 75% ready and, God forbid, he tears that ACL again. You know what I mean? That's probably done for his career. Odell's, I think Odell's 29. I could be wrong. Um, He got drafted in 2014. Um, He's had a pretty good career. I don't think he... Did that great in Cleveland, honestly. I don't really think they, they had much cooking up while they had him. But he did good with the Giants, man. He did good with the Rams um, last season. And I think he can be a relevant receiver in the league. I just don't think he should this season. I think he should wait. And maybe a team will offer him a two-year contract in the offseason. You know what I mean? Who knows? Just rest that leg up. If I'm him, I'm resting that leg up. I believe with Odell that that it would be smart, like Steven said, it would be smart for him to sit out the year. And because why would you, I mean, you can come in and make that quick meal and then the incentives and bonuses that you get when it comes with postseason wins. But necessarily, if I'm him, I am going and sitting out this season because I want that big contract. Um, I want that big contract coming into the, the next season and a long term. If I get hurt in the postseason, I'm not going to have a long-term contract. I 100% agree with you guys. Sitting out would be his best option. The The only teams that I could really see him with is Green Bay because they they would like probably need a receiver at this point, especially going into the postseason. Or he could go to Tampa. That's about it. Uh, I mean, I don't really see anybody else really giving him a look. I mean, obviously the Cowboys and the Eagles did, but nothing serious went down. But like you guys said, him sitting out the rest of the year, get healthy for next year, get that big contract. Hopefully that's what he, he'll be able to do. I think Tampa Bay is an interesting look. Where do you guys think he'd fit in? Like there, what receiver do you think he'd be? A number two? Where do you think Godwin would Definitely a slot, a slot guy. Yeah, They I already have Mike Evans and Godwin. So, I mean, that's a that's a triple threat right there. Yeah, I think they'd want him to do what Julio Jones was supposed to do in that offense. Supposed like to. Yeah, it'd be like that, <laughs> yeah. that number three. And, and run those long routes, but you never know. Uh, Luke, what's what's your hot take? You got the last hot take of, of the pod. Hey, thanks, Ethan. My hot, my hot take of the week, and this is where I know this guy specifically that I'm talking isn't really loved around the National Football League, but from what I heard and read and, you know, he's from his teammates. He's the first guy in la- last one to leave. He's a hard worker, stays after practice. Do we see the New York Giants, do they go with Daniel Jones in the following season to get another opportunity? They're in a postseason. They start at 7-1 and one this season. He has five touchdowns a or 15 touchdowns at five picks, a 92.5 rating, over 3,200 passing yards. 
do we see him in a Giants uniform next season? It's definitely a possibility. The, the past couple of years, he, he hasn't looked great. But the Giants, they keep rolling with him. They keep saying he's our guy for the future. He's our franchise QB. They see things in him that, you know, they, they want in their guy. And this year, he's he's led them to the playoffs. He's definitely improved this year. Their offense is decent. They're not as, as bad as they were the last couple of years. So yeah, I could definitely see I could definitely see them resigning him. I don't know for what kind of contract they would do with him. Maybe a one year, maybe a franchise tag. Who knows? But yeah, I could I could see them roll with him for another year. If he doesn't make the playoffs next year, then I would say yeah. Who's who's he even throwing to? That's the thing. He don't have he don't exactly. have any weapons there. So he's throwing to who? Richie James. You know, like Kenny Galladay, they paid him the big money and he didn't work out. There was just Kenny, apparently Kenny Galladay didn't have any work ethic. And from what I've read, the Giants are looking at Saquon and Daniel Jones in their long-term future. Right now, they if they even wanted a quarterback, they, they're sitting up in the playoffs. So they have a high pick coming into the draft regardless. Yeah, I, I hope they keep Daniel nice. Jones. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Steve. I, I do no, think I, I think they'll keep Daniel Jones next year. I mean, it doesn't make much sense to if they're drafting high. It doesn't make sense to draft a quarterback. And plus, I don't think any quarterback is really looking to go to the Giants. That's on the that's coming up in uh, the trade like free agent market or whatever. I do see that a different New York team gets a quarterback this year, but not the Giants. The Jets. Yeah, definitely, definitely. A lot of quarterbacks, veteran quarterbacks, want to go and play up in the Big Apple. So, I can I can see that happening. Zach Wilson isn't hasn't worked out. I know Robert Sala said though that that he, there um, he's in their future plans still. Maybe that's just saying it so there's no scrutiny. But Mike White, I don't think he's that guy. I think he had a little bit of lightning in a bottle, and he's he's definitely not a franchise quarterback. I think, man, if uh, you you tag Saquon and you give uh, Dan Jones the one year, like Ethan said, I don't think he's worth a ton of money, but I also think he's worth another year to give him another shot because I do think he dramatically improved this year than what he was last year because Daniel Jones really wasn't – I considered him one of the worst quarterbacks in the league last year. This year, I would consider him average around 15 to 17. He's not, I don't think he's a dog like the Giants think he is, like how they say he's the franchise guy and stuff like that. I don't think he's this great quarter, but do that. they should give him another shot to prove himself definitely, and I could see him in a New York uniform next year along with Saquon. All right, that wraps up episode four of the Fade Podcast. Stay tuned for the Baseline Podcast as well as Philadelphia Sports Radio. We also have a basketball podcast coming out relatively soon as well as a UFC and boxing podcast. So uh, follow us on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook for more information. And uh, as always, see you next week.